For the next hour, you'll be leaving the show me state and entering the show me the money state. So stop what you're doing, grab a pen, and get ready to learn, people. Because you're tuned to the Ozarks' number one show about your money. Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group, will be your guide for straight talk about living the life you deserve in retirement. Prepare to be empowered. Now, here's your show me the money host, Randy Floyd. Thank you so much. Good morning and welcome to Show Me the Money with Randy and Jake Floyd at Floyd Financial Group, the radio show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you reach your wealth management and retirement goals through smart investing and careful planning. My name is Jeff Shade and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions. But of course, the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. And normally I would ask the guys how they're doing, but this is going to be an encore performance this week. We'll still be hearing from Randy and Jake. It's just not a live show. Before we get to the show, I want to remind you that Show Me the Money is also a podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, simply go there, search Randy Floyd, Show Me the Money, and you'll find many of our past shows. And every week we do post a new one. So if you've missed any part of the program or you want to hear it all over again, go to places such as Stitcher or iTunes, Amazon, Audible, iHeart, any of those places, and listen to the Show Me the Money podcast. On today's show, Randy and Jake, of course, are going to be talking about what's on everyone's mind, and that, of course, is inflation. Also, the five pillars of financial planning. Then we'll get to income planning and Social Security, and we'll wrap it all up today with what is in an investment plan. So without any further ado, let's get to this week's show with Randy and Jake. Randy, the last time I was at the gas pump or the supermarket or buying almost anything, it is quite evident that inflation is here and boy, is it ever back. I mean, we were pretty lucky here in, oh, I'd say the last five, six, maybe even 10 years or so that we were seeing inflation 2%, 2.5%, but it was around 6.8% towards the end of last year. So I guess the big overall question is, is inflation going to continue like this? You know, that's a great question, and everybody, uh, if you've watched the news at any time in the last six months, that's been certainly, or maybe even a year now, that's certainly been at the forefront of what is talked about is inflation, inflation, inflation. And yes, we're seeing some of the worst stuff we've seen since the 80s, but I do not believe we're going to see this continue long term. I still believe that a lot of this problem is due to COVID and supply chain issues and countries and industries and businesses being shut down. And I think that we're going to see that inflation will subside. We're not going to go backwards, I don't think, at this point, and and reduce wages and reduce prices. I think we're probably sticking here where we are. But I do think it's going to slow down some. And so uh, one of the things that people ask me sometimes, Jeff, you know, is, hey, I'm thinking about buying some gold. Mm -hmm. And I think that's maybe going to be a good hedge against inflation. Right, Randy? Isn't that the best? Isn't that the best way to do that? And let me just ask you that. What do you think, Jeff? If I were to say, hey, you know, do you think gold is a good hedge against inflation? What would you think? Well, from a practical standpoint, I would say maybe no. And uh, the reason I say that is because simply because of liquidity of gold, I just just figure, you know, what can I buy with gold if I've got to turn that into cash to hedge against inflation? How am I going to be able to do that? So for me personally, I would say no. Yeah. There's a couple of problems with owning physical gold. Number one, you got to store it somewhere, like you said, right? Right, right. (laughs) Number two, anytime you buy it or sell it, the guy that's dealing with you to buy and sell it wants to do what? Much make, to make some money. Make some money, right. Yeah. So you got a guy taking a rake when you buy it, you take a rake when you sell it, and then One of the things I want to do, too, is just really look back historically at where gold has been, and I want to compare it to the stock market. But even before we go there, let's talk about it from a practical standpoint. Sometimes I have people come in and they're concerned that, hey, what if we have, you know, the apocalypse, the worst thing happens and our our monetary system collapses and everything just goes to complete heck in a handcart? What's going to happen then? Will my gold save me? And I don't think it's going to, because if you have gold, Jeff, and I have coffee, and I've got food, and I've got supplies that people need, but what do we do with gold except sit around and look at it and go, ooh, ah. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's that's about it. 
uh, there's no practical use for it for me to survive. I can't eat it. And people say, well, it'll always have some value. Uh, maybe, but there, there'll there be some time there where it won't have much value at all. And I don't know if you can last that long. It's kind of like sometimes people that short the stock market, you know, the market can stay irrational sometimes longer than we can stay solvent. So it's one of those things that it just doesn't sit right with me to try to use gold for that. Now, let me say this. Let's talk about gold and its value in comparison to what would have happened if you had just invested your money in the S&P 500. I'm going to run back to 1982. And the reason I'm going to run back to 1982, inflation was still running pretty hot through 80, 81, 82, and through there. And interest rates were being pushed really high in those days. And so if gold were a good hedge against inflation, you would think that gold would have had a lot of appreciation through that time frame over the next 10 years or so, right? Right. Makes sense? Yeah, it does. So here we are. We're looking at gold was $307.90 an ounce in 1982. And the S&P 500, figure it, it's it's not really dollars, it's points, but think of it as dollars because it's going to multiply the same way. The S&P 500 was at 109 points. So 300 for gold, 100 let's call it 100 for the S&P 500. Right. Today, gold is trading at $1800 an ounce. So it's basically up 6 times. Right. Or 600%. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like that's a lot. Sounds, know, sounds like it, yeah. Pretty good to me. Sounds like it. Yeah. But if the S&P 500 is 100 was 100 then, today it's 4500. Wow. So basically, gold's up from 600 to 1800. So we're looking at on that, we're up 45 times. We're up 4,500% in the market versus gold wow. at 600. So the best inflation fighter, and we've said this you know, before on here, generally speaking, the best inflation hedge you can have is to invest in the market. And it really works this way because if companies are in business and doing business and making profit and raising prices and hiring people and raising wages, that cycle supports itself, right? Mm -hmm. If you're in the market, you're going to be able to take advantage of the rising price of things inside the market. If you are not, if you're sitting on the sidelines with money in the bank account at 0.1%, that's going to be problematic for you because right now it's just absolutely decimating your savings if it's just sitting there not able to earn any money for you. But I would say that, you know, gold, while it used to be, I think it used to be more popular than it is now. Silver still has some practical applications in electronics and things of that nature. But I think gold, other than making jewelry, has kind of outlived its, its worth. That is exactly right. You know, when I think about minerals, you're right. Silver does have more application than uh, gold does. I think probably even above silver and gold is whatever's in those catalytic converters in your car because (laughs) people tend to be stealing those a lot these days, too. But that is not a good, I think, a good retirement plan doing something like that. We're talking about whether or not gold can protect you against inflation. Randy, you know, there are still very old-fashioned people who are listening to this program going, well, you know, when the market crashes completely, when the apocalypse happens, when, uh, you know, there is no more market, I'll still have my gold. I want to invest in gold regardless of what Randy says. I mean, other than investing in the physical gold, I mean, having it in your hand and storing it in a vault under the ground and all that sort of thing, what are some of the ways, if you absolutely positively want to invest in gold, what are some better ways to do that? Yeah, some better ways to do it is to invest in some gold miners stock. In fact, there's some exchange traded funds that we will use from time to time. Uh, When we see that gold, you know, is maybe a little depressed and there's going to be some opportunity, we will buy into that. And in fact, a couple of years ago, we did have some gold miners ETFs. And we made about 60% over two years on that, you know, so it's one of those things that it actually appreciated and made more money than gold. And that sounds counterintuitive, but that's actually what happened. So yeah, if people want to talk about that, we can certainly talk to them about some of the gold miners stocks and ETFs and things that they can buy out there which I think is a better way because you don't have to store it. You don't have to deal with it. Right. We can buy it and trade it for $0 and zero cents too. So that's another good thing about that. Randy, as you said, silver may have some better practical applications. Is there a market for trading in silver? I mean, can you own silver in the same way you can own gold? You can. Uh, again, I think there's some other ways to do it that are better where we don't have to actually have to store it somewhere. And, you know, the thing about having gold, people say, well, I got gold in my gun safe at home. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. But, you know, if push comes to shove and 
people really want your gold, they'll probably take it at gunpoint. I, I, I don't know that I want to have it. I don't know that I want to have it at home with me, you know. <laughs> that might be the best way for people to profit from gold. <laughs> I guess to so. take it from the other guy. I don't know. But. but still, Randy, I mean, people like to watch the old Westerns on TV and people mining for gold. There is something about having that shiny mineral in your hand that people just love. So if you absolutely positively want to invest in gold, I mean, you can have a few bricks of gold. You can have some Krugerrands. You can have some bullion. But keep in mind that, you know, when it goes to making that liquid and trading that, that, uh, you know, there are going to be commissions made all over the place and probably maybe not the best investment. Randy, when you design people's retirement portfolios, often, uh, you know, are they looking for alternative investments in such things as uh, minerals and pork bellies and things like that? I mean, is there ever a time when you should really think out of the box? Yes, from time to time, that is something that we will do here. However, we are dealing mainly with retirees' money here. So we are not going to get out on the ragged edges of anything. And, you know, when we invest, I mean, we invested some money in cryptocurrency, namely Bitcoin and Ethereum. But when we had that money out there, we know that that's a risky play right now. So we never had more than 1% of the portfolio ever invested that way. And so when we did invest, we did make some pretty good money there. We took 1% and turned it into 5%. So we trimmed it back down to 1% and reinvested the money someplace else, you know. But again, we're not going to get crazy with people's money here. We're going to build them a risk tolerance that, that that's built for them and build them a portfolio that makes sense to get them the income they need and support the lifestyle they want and not have to look back over their shoulder and worry about it every day. We've been talking about whether or not gold can protect you against inflation. Also, we've been talking about uh, inflation in general. Once again, if you would like a retirement plan that does take into account inflation, market volatility, all those sorts of things that could derail your retirement, call Randy Floyd at Floyd Financial Group and uh, get your financial plan. Again, no cost and no obligation. You don't have to have millions of dollars to invest with Floyd Financial Group. Randy will meet you where you are. Call 417-889-7233 for your complimentary plan, as in no obligation whatsoever. 417-889-7233, or you can request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money. We'll be right back with more of our show after this here on 104.1 KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Hi, this is Randy Floyd, founder of Floyd Financial Group. If you're over 59 and a half and have the bulk of your savings in a 401k plan, you're going to want to hear this. We're big fans of 401k plans, but when you get close to retirement, they might not be the right investment for you. While they offer great tax advantages in your working years, they also come with big tax bills potentially when you start taking withdrawals. By nature, 401k plans are designed for a younger, more risk-tolerant workforce, not someone nearing retirement. That means if the market should take a tumble, your 401k plan might not have the kind of protection that you need. Here's the great news. If you're 59 and a half or older, you can likely move your current 401k plan to a more suitable investment without penalty. Call Floyd Financial Group today at 417-889-7233 to learn how, or you can request an appointment through floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com or call 417-889-7233. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. If the fuel gauge in your car were broken, would you know how far you could drive before running out of gas? Well, not knowing how long your money will last in retirement is a lot like driving a car with a broken fuel gauge. You just don't know how far you can go. Randy and Jake Floyd at Floyd Financial Group want you to know that there's no need to live with the stress of uncertainty. At Floyd Financial Group, they have secure and principal-protected solutions that can guarantee lifetime income, protect you from market losses, and even provide for long-term care should you need it. If you want to learn how to create a more secure retirement, provide for your loved ones, and potentially reduce your tax burden, schedule your complimentary no-obligation financial review by calling 417-889-7233 or visit floydfinancialgroup.com. Take control of your financial future by requesting your complimentary no-obligation retirement review. You can also do it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. Ready for a heaping helping of some more real talk? Thought so. Here's another serving of Show Me the Money with your server, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd. You're listening to Show Me the Money. Jake Floyd's along with me on the show today. And in this segment, we're going to start talking about the five keys to retirement planning. 
And Jake and Randy, those five keys are health care, estate and legacy planning, taxes, investing. But I want to start off with what I think is the bedrock of your retirement planning, and that is going to be income planning. It's kind of a shock. I mean, you know, you know that when you retire, you're not going to get that regular paycheck. But that first week when payday rolls around that you were used to and that check doesn't come, the hard reality sets in. So let's start out with income planning. How do you go about, first of all, figuring out how much money you're going to need and do you need as much in retirement as you would have uh, needed when you were working? Yeah, that's a really good question and a good place to start, Jeff. So, you know, generally when people come in to sit down with us and start this process, you know, they've been working a very long time. They've raised a family. Many times they've had kids that have gone through college. They've paid off their home and now they're putting the finishing touches. You know, maybe they're 55, maybe they're even 58 years old. They're putting the finishing touches on their retirement planning. And so they're really not on a budget, you know, because they're making more money than they've ever made in their career. Their expenses have gone down because maybe they've paid off a house, like I said, and their kids are through college. And so a budget is the first thing we have to talk about. And now a budget is not one of those things where we're saying, okay, we're going to screw you down tight here so you can't have any fun in retirement. It's not about that. It's about really waking up to the realization, okay, this is the amount of money that I need. And then from there, we can go about starting uh, to really look at that retirement planning process. Now, most people today have what I call a two-legged stool. Used to be, back over the years, people had a three-legged stool, and that was we had a pension potentially. And we still around here have a few of people that come in that have pensions, and those are very nice when you have them. Then we have Social Security as a piece of that income. And thirdly, then we have the 401k or what money they have saved over their lifetime or maybe sometimes a little inheritance that they're going to have to figure out how to draw income off that money and make it last the rest of their life. So, Randy, as you said, three-legged stool there. We've got company pensions. If you do have a company pension, and as you said, many people don't have them these days, personal savings, 401k, maybe an IRA. But you mentioned there the bedrock, which is Social Security. That is something that a lot of people count on. Typically, how much does Social Security make up of someone's retirement income? For example, here in the last bastion of sanity, is it 30, 40, 50 percent, something like that? Yeah, I would say probably in the 35 to 40 percent range is what it's going to be. In some cases, it'll be as much as 50 percent, but for the most part, probably in the 40 percent range. And, you know, this last year, people got a raise on Social Security. They got 5.9%. So if you look back over your shoulder, historically, that was a huge raise comparatively. Because if you look back, oh, back as far as 2003 and through 2022, uh, the average raise out there was probably in the 1.5% to 2% range. So it felt like a pretty good raise this year, even though Medicare Part B did go up this year. uh, We still were able to make some pretty good gains because we only lost about $20 to Medicare. Care Part B, mm-hmm. and the average person gained about $92 in their Social Security check. So that was a pretty good thing, pretty good piece of uh, information for most people on Social Security, and they're happy to have that extra money, I'm sure. I'm sure they are too, Randy. And as you said, $148.50 is what we paid for Medicare Part B last year, up to $170.10 this year, 5.9% COLA increased cost of living adjustment. But again, inflation running 6.8%, so we still got to be a little careful there when it comes to our income. One of the questions I asked you uh, earlier there, Randy, and I want to touch on this again, do most people underestimate the amount of money that they're going to need in retirement? You know, I don't know that they underestimate what they're going to need. In many cases, and this is going to sound horrible, but I'm going to say it, they've thought about retirement, but they haven't really thought about retirement. So when they come in here and we sit down, it's difficult for people to translate, you know, all the saving they've been doing in their 401k and and money, maybe in a brokerage account or wherever they've saved their money. It's hard for them to translate. What does that mean to me in income? You know, used to be CDs paid, well, in the 80s, they paid 12%. Mm -hmm. In the 90s, they paid 5 or 6%. In the early 2000s, 3 or 4%. And today they're paying 1%. So it used to be retirees could say, well, you know, if I draw 5% on a million dollars, that's $50,000 a year. Well, we don't have those type of fixed income positions anymore. So we have to do other things. So it's more and more difficult for people to really ascertain what it is they're going to be able to withdraw from their retirement plan. I think also when it comes to Social Security that there's a lot of people, especially listeners of the show, that are concerned that Social Security may not be there someday. And while I understand that concern, I think I want to put some of those fears to rest and say that 
I don't think Social Security is going away. It may look different, but it will be there. The government cannot just put 30-40% of retirees in this country out on their ear. You know, and that, and a lot of people depend on that every single month to make ends meet. So again, I just don't want anybody to be sitting out there being afraid that Social Security is just going to dry up someday. So as you said, you know, when you look at that retirement stool, you know, three legs it used to be personal savings, company pensions, and Social Security. I think the more sturdy leg at this point happens to be Social Security. But I don't think that it's going to go away completely, as you said, Jake. And Randy, you've told me before, before Jake came on the show, that you told Jake, don't count on it, son. I mean, it may not be as much a part of your retirement income as it was for us. Do you think that that still holds true? I absolutely do think that that still holds true. And I think that Probably what I tell people most of the time, if you're 55 and older at this point right now today and listening to this program, you probably don't have much of a change in Social Security coming on down the pike for you. But if you're 50 and younger, you better plan on it just being a windfall. Yeah, and what I was saying before, Jeff, that's aimed at people, like he said, 50 and older. You know, people that are 37 like me or occasionally will have the very responsible 25-year-old come in for advice. That's a different story. I think that the biggest way they will fix Social Security will be to take it out of the hides of people 40 and younger. But that's just kind of the hand we're dealt. And uh, to everybody listening over the age of 50, you're welcome. (laughs) Very, very well put there, Jake. We're talking about income planning with Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. Once again, if you would like a complimentary no-cost, no-obligation plan with Randy and Jake, Get yours by calling 417-889-7233. You can also request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. So Social Security, the fattest leg of the uh, retirement stool there, company pensions, not many people have those these days. Are there ways that you can create a substitute for a company pension, gentlemen? Oh, yeah, there's ways to do that. You know, one of the things that most people probably don't realize is a lot of pensions are funded around the countryside through what's called an annuity contract. And those annuity contracts are generally what's called immediate annuities. One of the largest producers of annuities around the countryside out there is TIAA, which is the Teachers Insurance and Annuity Association. And that's how most teachers' pensions are paid. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce pays their pension that way. So it's something that's used because they can guarantee an income. But anytime we get guarantees, we have to give up a few things, right? Right. So when we get a guarantee from an immediate annuity, it's very restrictive because when you take your pension, and you probably have heard of this, Jeff, where people would say, well, I'm just about to take my pension, and if I take it on just my life, I'm Mm going to get you know, $2,000 a month. If I want my wife to get half of it, it lowers my payment to 1500 a month. What should I do? Hmm. So there's a little math problem we have to go through right, there right. to really figure out what's what. Also, you know, with just that piece of the puzzle I just shared with you, there may be a lot more information. You know, uh, your wife or your spouse may be independently wealthy, right? Maybe. <laughs> if they are, that it's not she, such a big she, she decision. Hasn't, she, but she hasn't told me that she's independently wealthy just yet. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, you know, it just depends on what the situation is. And we always tell people, you know, there's no one size fits all. But yes, you can do that through an immediate annuity. And that's one of the things that we really here at Floyd Financial Group do not like to use because Mm -hmm. there's other tools that we can use where we can still protect people's money, still give them income, but not restrict them so much to where they, once they make a decision, they can never change their mind. They can never manipulate it or, you know, change how it pays out. When we make a plan, Jeff, a lot of times what we're looking for is something that can be altered. One of the things I tell people whenever we're in a meeting doing retirement planning with them is, I don't know what your retirement looks like in your head, but I can promise you that it will be different than that. The only constant in life is change, and because of that, we need to be able to change our income plan looking forward. Sometimes we don't have to change it, but sometimes we start off with an income level that is actually more than the client needs. So we don't want to withdraw off of retirement accounts to cause extra taxation just because that's how we set it up, right? So we want it to be intuitive and able to change as the client's life changes looking forward. So when you set up these income plans, as you said, they're not set in stone and certainly people's expenses, I would think, change over the course of their retirement. In the beginning, you may need more money because you want to do some of the things on your bucket list, but then at the end, you've got health care costs. 
Do you find that you want to maybe alter the way that this income is distributed to account for things like that? What I mean is, is uh, you know, do you front load these plans so that maybe there's a little dip in the middle and then bring them back up at the end? How does it really work? Absolutely, Jeff. And each client is a little bit different. Uh, we have we have some clients that are that are like, hey, I want to spend most of my money probably in the first 10 years because those are the best 10 years that I have left. And then we have people that will shop at Goodwill and, and pinch every penny so they can leave a million dollar inheritance to their kids. Mm-hmm. And there's no right or wrong way to do it, but everybody is different and we have to account for that whenever we do the planning. That's why each plan must be unique. We're talking about income planning with Jake and Randy Floyd of Floyd Financial Group. Once again, if you're a loyal listener to this program, even if you have just joined us, we have a a great offer, I think, that's going to be very beneficial to you. That is the opportunity to get a no-cost, no-obligation financial review that could lead to a financial plan with Randy and Jake there at Floyd Financial Group. To request yours, again, no cost, no obligation, no judgment whatsoever, simply call 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233. Do it this weekend or do it at the beginning of the week. You can also go to the website and check out the firm there at floydfinancialgroup.com and request your plan there. Once again, that website, floydfinancialgroup.com. You're listening to Show Me the Money. We're talking about the five keys to retirement planning with Randy and Jake, and our show will continue right after this, right here in 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. Do you know who your financial advisor is working for? Do you know if they're a fiduciary? This is Randy Floyd from Floyd Financial Group. As a registered investment advisory firm, we're proud to be fiduciaries, which means we're legally bound to serve you and your best interest above our own. Advisors working for retail banks are held to a suitability standard, meaning their first legal obligation is to protect the banks they work for and maybe not you. At Floyd Financial Group, now more than ever, we're concerned about protecting your savings rather than taking more risks than you'd like to take in the stock market. At Floyd Financial Group, as fiduciaries, we're committed to your future and overall financial well-being, not to shareholders. If you're not sure who your financial advisor is working for, or if you're feeling unsure about your nest egg, call us today at 887-889-PLAN. That's 887-889-PLAN. Or visit us online at floydfinancialgroup.com to schedule a phone call or an online meeting. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. As the world and our country resets from the pandemic, new challenges are arising every day. Inflation, rising interest rates, volatility in the stock market, and geopolitical threats. While we can't control what happens in the world around us, we can control how we protect ourselves from what comes our way. Randy and Jake Floyd of Floyd Financial Group have built their business by helping people right here in Springfield defend their retirement plans so they can be prepared for times like these. This means having a strategy to combat inflation and minimize exposure to risk. The commitment to be a trusted partner and ally to the hundreds of families they serve through good times and bad is the philosophy that Floyd Financial Group has been built on. If you're anxious about the future of your wealth, your ability to combat inflation and exposure to risk, Floyd Financial Group is here to help you. For a no-cost, no-obligation, no-judgment financial review, call 417-889-7233 or request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Advisory services offered through Floyd Financial Group, LLC. Ready to climb a mountain of financial know-how? Good. Because it's time for more Show Me the Money with your financial Sherpa, Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd along with Jake Floyd today. And you're listening to Show Me the Money. And we're going to continue to talk about income planning and a little bit more about Social Security and some of the benefits that some people don't really know that much about how they work. That's right, Randy. And a lot of people have some misconceptions about Social Security. I find it rather interesting that, you know, when you look back at the age that people take Social Security, you can start it at age 62. That's the earliest that you can take it. And then you've got your full retirement age between 66 and 67, then age 70. The majority of people, oddly enough, take it at 62. I don't think they put a lot of thought into that. So why is it a mistake or is it always a mistake to take it at 62 when it first becomes available? Well, that's a great question, and here's what I will say. Everybody has a different take on what you should do there. So 
Uh, let's talk about the three really big things that determine that. Number one, I think health plays a lot into when you take Social Security. Sometimes we have people come in, you know, they've worked hard. Maybe their job was very physical and they are just worn out. Or maybe they've even got a disability that's really starting to take them over and they're ready to stop. The other side of that coin is there are some people that have saved a lot of money, have all kinds of money, and they say, you know what? I'm turning on Social Security. I'm going to get every dime out of those people I can get because I've worked hard and they've got enough money and they're just ready to turn it on and be done with it. So the third thing is, I would say this, when we look at when do we take Social Security, we look at the budget requirements of people to see if it's going to fit in there. But secondly, it's the human side of things. And that is, what do I want to do? When am I going to feel my best? What are my retirement plans? You know, what does that look like? So you know, what's the answer exactly? As Jake will sometimes say, hey, if you can tell me the day you'll take your last breath, I can tell you the exact perfect financially considerate day as to when to take that Social Security. <laughs> yep. But if you can't give me that, I can't tell you. So it's all, you know, up. it's kind of up in the air. And we have to have that discussion with each individual and each couple as they come in and do their planning. So the earliest you can take it is age 62, but there are some considerations if you take it at 62 and you're still continuing to work. I mean, Randy and Jake, there is an earnings cap on what you're allowed to make if you take it before full retirement age, isn't there? That's right. You know, what's interesting, Jeff, is in a recent study, it said 72% of Americans plan to do some kind of work after they retire. Mm -hmm. Think about that. That's almost three-fourths. So that's a lot. That's up quite a bit from what it used to be. And you're right that if you're not full retirement age, you could only make $19,560 in 2022, because if you make more than that, you have to start paying back part of what you've collected. Now, in the year that you're going to turn your full retirement age, you can make up to $51,960 and not have to pay any of that back. So yeah, there's some careful consideration we have to do there each time as well. So once again, 51960 you can make in the year that you turn full retirement age. Let's say that I've turned full retirement age in July. So I'm allowed to make 51960 from now until July. But after July, there's no cap on what I can make and still receive full Social Security, is there? That's right. So what they look at in the year that you're going to be your full retirement age, they're going to look at what you're doing forward of the day that you actually pull the plug and retire. So I don't know what the exact calculation is. It's around $1,540 a month or something right. like that that you can make each and every month and not have to pay anything back. Okay, so you said 1540 Now, are you limited to making that, let's say for the sake of argument, that it's the 1540 or can you make $2 in one month and, you know, $1,538 the next and $30,000 the next, as long as it doesn't add up to 51960 That's correct. So one of the things that happens when you go out to sign up for Social Security, you go out to the website and it's very easy to do. You sign up. One of the things they're going to say is if you're retiring in June, they're going to say, okay, so in July, August, September, October, November, December, how many of those months do you plan to make more than that $1,540 is what they'll ask you. Okay. And that's what they're trying to do is make you, number one, aware that you might have to pay some money back and it'll tell you if you do. And then, you know, also just help you to calculate it out and know where you are. A lot of times, Jeff, that's the number one consideration, too, uh, when it comes to timing Social Security. If a client that we're working with is going to continue working past 62, especially if it's their primary career, they're likely going to be making more than that threshold of $1,540 a month or whatever the number is. If the client is already past full retirement age, we will almost always turn on Social Security because of how long you have to wait past 70 mm -hmm. to get even if you don't take it. A lot of times you'll have to be 80 or 81 years old just to break even. And as we know, none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. So 19560 is what you're allowed to make before you have to give back a dollar of every $2 over that that you make before you reach full retirement age. And to find your full retirement age, simply Google that, Full Retirement Social Security Age. It'll take you to the Social Security website, and you'll uh, see what yours is. It's always between 66 and 67. Once you have reached full retirement age, if you do not take Social Security between then and 70, the maximum, how much more would you be making on an annual basis or monthly basis? Do you know that? 
So, you know, if you're going to go for the maximum benefit, Jeff, what it amounts to is the Social Security taxable wage limit. If you got to that point, you know, each year there's a limit. Like this year, if you make $147,000 or more, you stop paying at one forty-seven. So the difference between, you know, with your big salary, Jeff, between one forty-seven and $1 million, you don't get to you don't have to pay Social Security tax on that, on that money. But uh, again, if you look at taking your benefit, if you've maxed every year and you look at taking your benefit at age 62, you get $2,364 a month is the maximum benefit. If you wait till age 70, you can collect $3,345 is the difference there. So it's uh, one of those things, again, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to wait till 70. I don't know. There's no blanket answer to this. And that's why we really have gone into pretty deep discussion here. Let me just add for people that if they go out to our website, floydfinancialgroup.com, they can download the new Social Security 2022 guide, and it walks them through all this stuff so that while they've been driving down the road and they got something on their mind that they can't write down or whatever, just know that they can go out to floydfinancialgroup.com, go out to the guides, and they can download the whole Social Security guide right out there on the website. You know, I always thought that Social Security was a a pretty simple thing to decide when you were going to take it. Either you took it at 62, full retirement age at age 70, But I understand, gentlemen, there are, what, literally hundreds of different variations of ways that you can take Social Security. How do you find out what's the right one for you? So that's part of what we do. Every time we sit down to do a plan, we look at, you know, do we start the husbands? Do we start the wives? Do we start the wives, then the husbands? Do we start the husbands? You know, it's just... File and restrict, file and suspend. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And so uh, that's just part of the process for income planning. And so, you know, the next segment, we're going to talk about, you know, beyond Social Security, how do we take our investments? How do we invest our money to give us a lifelong income that we can't outlive? And that'll kind of complete the income planning portion of this. But again, they can download the Social Security Guide right out there online at the, at the website, floydfinancialgroup.com. And I understand, too, that uh, another consideration when deciding where to take Social Security is the spousal benefits. I mean, if you take it at 62, your Social Security is reduced. You should pass away. Your spouse is going to get a much lesser amount than if you waited until age 70 or even full retirement age. Is that about right? That is right. In fact, I'll just tell you, you know, with my wife and I, it'll, it'll play out that same way. When I am full retirement age, my wife will be 62. So my wife is entitled to, and everybody's spouse is entitled to, half of the larger of the Social Security check that's out there. So, you know, if, when I retire or when I start my Social Security and Lisa is going to turn hers on at 62, she will, rather than being entitled to 50% of my payment, she will be entitled to 32.5% of my payment. Of course, she will still get, if I pass away before her, the larger of the two checks. But uh, it does affect her lifelong benefit as long as we're both alive. We're talking about income planning with Jake and Randy Floyd here of Floyd Financial Group. We've been talking about Social Security. Once again, you know, you can find out your full retirement age by going to socialsecurity.gov and searching full retirement age. You could also estimate your benefits as well on that same website. Simply Google Social Security Retirement Benefit Calculator and you'll find out what yours is. Simply put in your age and when you're going to retire, it'll tell you approximately what your benefit is going to be. You know, there are a lot of uh, questions that you need to have answered when you get ready to retire. And of course, Randy and Jake there at Floyd Financial Group will sit down with you and take the time to answer your questions. There's no cost, no obligation to get your complimentary retirement plan this week with Randy and Jake there at Floyd Financial Group. To get your call, 417-889-7233. You can also request it online at floydfinancialgroup.com. And Randy and Jake, I think a lot of people listening to the program today are saying to themselves, well, you know, these are pretty smart guys and they probably deal with nothing but millionaires all the time. But that's not really the case, is it? I mean, you don't have to have millions of dollars to deal with Floyd Financial Group? No, you do not. We will meet people exactly where they are. Everybody's money and everybody's retirement is important. In fact, I will tell you one of the things that we talk about here all the time is that, you know, we really like to leave people better than we found them. We want to make a difference to people. We want to bring value. We want to bring value to people. And it's probably most likely I can bring the most value to people, you know, on the tightest budget, you know, is really what it amounts to. So we're, we're willing to work with anyone. We have a lot of very wealthy clients and we have people also that 
have not been as fortunate in life, but hey, their retirement is just as important as the other person. You bet, Randy. You're listening to Floyd Financial Group. Show me the money with Randy and Jake. My name's Jeff Shade. Glad you could join us again this week. We're going to take a quick break, gentlemen. When we come back, we'll continue to talk about keys to retirement planning when our show continues here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. For 10 years now, we've run with the Wall Street Bulls. But are the Wall Street Bears just around the corner? This is Randy Floyd from Floyd Financial Group. If you're nearing retirement, you might be sitting on one of the greatest investment windfalls in history. But now's not the time to get careless about your nest egg. How long can we run with the Bulls? No one knows. But a smart investor will know what their exposure is and take steps to protect what they have. Call us at 417-889-7233 to find out what your exposure is. There are simple rules that we have to follow, and it's not about selling your products or frightening you out of the market. It's about doing what's right for you, your family, and your personal situation for the long haul. Call me right now at 889-7233, 889-7233, or visit floydfinancialgroup.com. We'll help you run with the bulls while keeping a watchful eye out for the bears. I'm Randy Floyd. We're here to protect what you've saved. We want to grow it and keep it for life. If you're age 59 and a half or older with a 401k plan and still working, stop what you're doing and call Floyd Financial Group today at 877-889-PLAN. There are benefits with age, and this is one of them. At 59 and a half, you're entitled to new opportunities in the investment world that can help you save thousands in 401k fees and dramatically reduce your risk of a market correction. You've worked and saved, and now's the time to protect your retirement savings. Call Randy Floyd of Floyd Financial Group today at 877-889-PLAN. That's 877-889-7526. The five years just before and after you retire are critical. Do not put yourself at risk. Randy and his team can help show you how to secure your nest egg and ensure income streams for life. Call Floyd Financial Group today at 877-889-PLAN. That's 877-889-7526 for your free complimentary review. Or go online to floydfinancialgroup.com. That's floydfinancialgroup.com. People of the Ozarks, step away from the fishing pole and prepare to be shown the money. Because we're back with more Straight Talk with Randy Floyd. Welcome back, everybody. This is Randy Floyd along with Jake Floyd. You're listening to Show Me the Money. And in this segment, we're going to talk about, hey, what's your investment plan? And Randy and Jake, for those people just joining us, we're talking about keys to retirement planning with Randy and Jake here at Floyd Financial Group. The number to call if you have questions or to get your complimentary plan, 417-889-7233. What's your investment plan? You know, no one can predict the market and you may not want to risk potentially losing what you've saved just before you retire. You know, your risk tolerance may have decreased as you've got a little closer to retirement or have retired, and your retirement plan should take this into account. So what is the first step? How do you determine risk tolerance and really what someone's investment plan should be based on? Jeff, that is something that we do each and every time as we sit down with people. We really want to learn how they feel about money and investment risk, and that's different for everybody. So we have a tool that we use that helps us to really assess how much pain people can take in the volatility (laughs) of the stock market. You know, many, many times people come in, they sit down, and they tell us a story. You know, in 2007 and 8, I jumped out in 08 when the market was near the bottom. And then I couldn't pull the trigger to get back in for five or six years. And then I got back in and then here we are, we're (laughs) flattening out again and we're concerned or even more, they never ever got back in. And so that money to them is lost forever. So one of the things that we do here at Floyd Financial Group with every investment plan that we do, we want to sit down and really understand how people think about money. We want them to be connected to their investments. So we take a lot of time to show them how we invest, what we invest in specifically, and how it works. Because if we build the portfolio right on the front end, and I just can't tell you how crucial this is, I don't even know how to say it accurately enough, but if we can determine your tolerance for volatility, we'll make you more money long-term and we'll give you a more calm and satisfying retirement. And I know that 
that's what everybody wants, isn't it? Nobody wants a white knuckle ride in retirement. Gentlemen, you know, the effects of a market correction around the time of your retirement could be detrimental to your retirement plan. We all know that. How do you account for a market correction in a retirement plan? I mean, what sort of safety valves are built into that investment plan? Yeah, that's a good question. So one of the things that we do is we sit and we talk to people and then we do this risk tolerance and our risk tolerance is a little different than most. It's not a bunch of questions. Sometimes it's 10 or 15 questions that says, hey, you know, if the market does this, what are you going to do? And if it does this, what are you going to do? You know, that's the job that we do is we're going to help people navigate that stuff. Now, not that they don't know how and they don't know what they would do. Maybe they do. But again, that's part of where our job comes in here. But the, the thing that we want to do is find out what their volatility, you know, what the, how much volatility they can stand. A lot of people say, well, you know, I lost all that money in the stock market. Number one, we're not going to go out and invest in fledgling companies that are going to lose people's money. If we go out and we are going to take something that's going to be a little riskier position, we may do it with 1% of the money. (laughs) Okay, so it's Mm -hmm. not like we're going to go out here swinging for the fences, throw all the money in Bitcoin and say, yeehaw, let's see what happens. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's nothing like that. I mean, it's a lot more calculated to that because what we're doing here is we're taking a person's life savings or a couple's life savings that they've worked collectively maybe 50 to 60 or 70 years for. Mm -hmm. And we have to be really careful not to mess it up. So some of the tools that we use, traditionally, you know, people use the 60-40 retirement plan, which was 60% stock, 40% bonds, right? Right. So right now we know that bonds are pretty well broken and bonds are probably not going to make any money for a while because as interest rates go up, Any bond we buy today or we bought yesterday is going to get devalued. And so we don't want to put people in harm's way out there in the bond market. Now, here at Floyd Financial Group, we can use any tool that we need to. So we can use stocks, bonds, real estate, annuities, insurance of all different types. We can use anything that's appropriate, and we want to use the appropriate tool for the time. There's no particular investment tool that we hate or we just don't like in general. We just want to make sure that we can use the proper one for the environment that we're in right now. We're talking about the keys to retirement planning in 2022 with Randy and Jake of Floyd Financial Group. That's investment planning. And in the interest of time here, I want to skip on to the next one here. That's something very, very important. And I think everybody realizes healthcare. That is going to be probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest expense in retirement. Is that correct? Absolutely it is. You know, here's what I would say. I know that in my experience, we've done a lot of long-term care planning for people over the years. So the last 15, 16 years, we see that probably 80% of the healthcare dollars people are going to spend occurs after age 65, which for most people is when they're retired. And of course, we have Medicare that steps in and helps us with all of what I would call the acute care stuff, the stuff we're going to get over, right, Jeff? Right. But when it comes to long-term care, past 100 days or so, Medicare is not a good fit for that. We need to have a different plan you know, beyond that. But yeah, healthcare is certainly a big consideration and we got to think about that every time. And especially if people are retiring prior to age 65, we got to make sure we've figured out the healthcare piece for them to get them between 62 and 65 because we certainly don't want to have, heaven forbid, a big claim of some sort from cancer or something like that that could really be devastating to a retirement plan. That's right. And we all know that Medicare covers a lot. It is very good insurance, but it doesn't cover everything. So certainly health care expenses are something that we do want to plan for. Long-term care, you talked about that too, and we've talked about that before here on the radio program, is the fact that most people are going to need some form of long-term care. You folks are elder care specialists. I mean, I would think that long-term care and health care is a major part of uh, being an elder care specialist. Yeah, Jeff, nothing can blow up a retirement plan quite like a nursing home stay. When costs are skyrocketing, even in the last bastion of sanity, as you said earlier, here in Springfield, Missouri, the cost of a nursing home is $6,500 a month minimum, the best you can do. There's a lot of places around the countryside that are 12000 a month, best you can do. So that type of cost is very difficult to absorb into a retirement plan unless you have planned ahead for it. 
Are there life insurance policies? I've heard about these before where you can get the death benefit advanced to you to pay for things such as long-term care. Yes, those are out there. They're not out there in every case, but it's certainly something that is a very viable tool to use today, especially if people are younger, where we can still get a good value, a good bang for our buck on a life insurance policy. Rather than paying a traditional long-term care insurance policy where we pay it like car insurance each month, and we don't wreck our car or we don't have a long-term care stay, we don't get that money back when we do the life insurance chassis. Yes, we know that somebody's going to benefit from that in the end. If we don't use it for long-term care, we know that our beneficiaries are going to get it. And secondly, those type of plans built properly, the cost never changes, which is one of the really big problems with the old models for long-term care insurance. It priced people out of the market over time. And Randy and Jake, for those people who haven't been as fortunate as some others, certainly there is a safety net in this country. It is called Medicaid. There are two types of Medicaid. What are they and what do they do? Yes, Jeff, there are two types of Medicaid. One is vendor Medicaid. The other one is spend-down Medicaid. And the way that works, spend-down Medicaid is for those people that are not needing to be confined anywhere and really helped you know, with a long-term care situation, but they have low income but a lot of medical bills, and so they spend down part of their income each month, and then beyond that, Medicaid will take over and pay the rest of those bills. Vendor Medicaid is for nursing home stays, and so there's a lot of rules that go around that. There's a lot of people that think, hey, I've got to be dead broke before Medicaid will help me with a nursing home stay. I will tell you that nothing could be further from the truth. In most cases where I have a married couple, except for maybe some tax dollars, I can save about 100% of the money about 100% of the time, especially if I get ahead of the curve a little bit. The other thing that I would say about that too is, you know, if you've got family farms, if you've got lake homes, real estate of any kind other than your primary dwelling, those things are all up for grabs for Medicaid if they pay benefits for you. So there's ways to avoid seizure there. I also want to throw this out. People say, well, I'm not sure I'd ever want to rely upon Medicaid because I feel like that's welfare. Let me just say this. Every paycheck you ever earned, your employer paid half and you paid half into Medicare and Medicaid since 1965. So it's a benefit that you've paid for. And what we'll do is just help you kind of like your tax man with your taxes. We'll help you understand Medicaid and how to apply what you've already paid for. In wrapping up our Keys to Retirement Planning show today, Randy, I want to talk a little bit about estate planning. I mean, when it comes to estate planning documents, obviously there's a will, a trust, advanced medical directive, financial power of attorney. There's a lot to this. I'm going to wrap it up by asking you this one question. Will or trust? When is a will okay or do you need a trust? Well... That's a 30-minute answer. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, we've got about two minutes here, so I'm not going to pin you down too much. We'll cover this in another show, but basically people are wondering, if I've got a will, is that enough? Generally, I would say no. So let's talk about the idea is to avoid probate is the first thing we want to do. Secondarily, what we want to do is make sure that we don't disinherit anybody along the way. And so there's two ways to avoid probate. Number one, I can in the state of Missouri, I can put a beneficiary deed on my property. It avoids probate, but it doesn't always really get the end result that the client may want because it may be that if you got five kids and they're all married, you have 10 people trying to decide how to dispose of your property when you're gone. So a beneficiary deed has that issue. The other issue is if somebody dies out of order or something like that, it could be that your grandkids get disinherited. So it's easy to avoid probate by doing beneficiary designations, putting POD, pay on death on your bank accounts, TOD, transfer on death on your stock accounts and things, beneficiary designations on your IRAs. But there's other things that come along with an estate plan that we can't get into here today. But I would just say that the best thing that they can do, whoever is listening here today, we have in the office here, we have an attorney. Her name is Leisha Siri. She does estate planning. And she has paralegals here that work with her that can help people to really sit down and assess their situation and see what the best documentation, the best outcome for them would be, whether that be, you know, a will with some powers of attorney and a beneficiary deed, or does a trust make the most sense? I will just tell you, it doesn't cost anything to sit with them as well. I would just encourage people to call, sit down with them. They'll walk you through it. Then you can make a really good educated decision. We've been talking about the keys to retirement planning with Randy Jake at Floyd Financial Group. We talked about income planning, investing, estate, legacy planning, and health care. 
If you got questions about any of this or if you would like a complimentary, no cost, no obligation financial plan with Randy and Jacob Floyd Financial Group, as I said, it's not going to cost you a dime. There's no judgment here. They'll meet you where you are. Call 417-889-7233, 417-889-7233. You can also request your plan online at floydfinancialgroup.com. Gentlemen, out of time for this week. Thank you for your time. I want to thank our listeners for joining us. For Randy and Jake, I'm Jeff Shade. Get out there. Have a great day in this great part of the country that we live in. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Show Me the Money right here on 104.1 FM KSGF, where Springfield comes to talk. If you want to retire anytime soon, there are three factors that will affect your finances. The stock market, the economy, and tomorrow's tax bill. No one knows what the future may bring, but we do know that now is the time to have a plan and people you can trust to help guide you. At Floyd Financial Group, we focus on those nearing or already in retirement for times just like these. We've seen the bumpy times before and we'll see them again. And we remain cautious and prudent for today, but optimistic about tomorrow. 